0: We're gonna start with a story. What if I told you of a magical place where dragons take flight, leprechauns dance on rainbows, the water is made of chocolate and the floor is made of lava. This is the land within your minds. This is the land of your childhood where imagination, the ocean of imagination, flooded your mind Everything was possible. There were no limits. If you wanted to act as a, whatever you wanted to be, you could be. You wanted to be a doctor, you could be a doctor. There were no limits and everything was possible. Slowly though, the story doesn't remain so happy. As you started to get older and you went to school, you start finding out what you're good at, what you're bad at. With every bad grade on a test, that sea of imagination receded. Eventually, that sea of imagination became seen as, seen as a burden. It, there were, it flooded your mind, flooded the cities of your mind where there shouldn't be. So levees were constructed. Forcing and retreating that water all the way down to a small spring in a remote section of our brain. The sea of imagination now is an oasis barely visited. What used to be possible what, what is now rationally approached With every I can't, I don't, I won't, that sea of imagination is limited. What if I told you or asked you, what do you think tomorrow is going to look like? Beautiful. Beautiful. You might say something based on the way today was going, the the rational continuation of today. You might say, uh, you might use current events and trends that are going on today in order to consider what tomorrow will look like. But... What if I told you or asked you to imagine what tomorrow can look like? Everything changes. The limits and rules are off. You're no longer going by previous trends that got you to today to, ima- to think about what tomorrow is gonna to look like. You're imagining a world of what tomorrow can be like. What that means is that you've opened and you have visited that spring of imagination. Probability becomes possibility once again. What do you think tomorrow is going to look like? And the second one is, what do you imagine tomorrow is going to look like? One word changes everything. It's the key to all innovation in the world. I grew up, I went to school in Orlando, Florida. I went to college in Orlando. I went to Disney almost every weekend, or Universal Studios. The whole city relies on magic. It's all based on dreams. Walt Disney was one of the biggest dreamers in the world. And when he imagined what we could do to a amusement park, to make it more exciting, he didn't just think about certain things about what they could be, how they could improve a roller coaster to make it more exciting, or how they can charge a little bit more for a carousel and make it a little bit more exciting. He reimagined the entire concept of a theme park. He actually pitched uh, Walt Disney World to be a um, a movie theater set, like a movie set, in case it failed because he was going with something so radical, and everybody told him it was gonna completely flop. No one believed in Walt Disney World, because how can you create a fantasy world and charge one price for admission? Who's gonna pay one price for admission for like one or two rides, which is what they used to be at amusement parks? But he wanted to create something where adults wouldn't be bored while they were with their kids. Instead of watching their kids on amusement park, or on rides, let's create an atmosphere where the parents can join it. Walt Disney World became the biggest success in uh, the hospitality industry. Today, Orlando, Florida, is the second most vis- visited city in the country and maybe in the world, I don't know. Well, Las Vegas is number one. Las Vegas took all the ideas of a the theme park and put that into a hotel. What I'm trying to say is, it started with imagination. Unfortunately, now when we go to Disney, we're exporting our imagination. We watch movies, we watch TV shows, we watch what Disney puts out, and I actually really love Disney. However, it is exporting our imagination, and no longer are we using our imagination, but we're consuming, we become, com- we become consumers at such a young age, telling us what we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to see the world, and how we're supposed to imagine our future and what's possible. It's not the world that Walt Disney grew up and changed. Rather, it's a world that we're a part of. We all have dreams, we all want to change the world in some way. When we're kids, we all imagine so many amazing possibilities. But as we get older, those possibilities fade away. I'm here to tell you that in order to find your, pos- your purpose in life, as Coach was saying, there's nothing more, import- more important than knowing your purpose. The way to find it is to imagine what that future can look like. What is the future that you want to leave? What's the legacy you want to leave? What's the future that you want to create? And how do we make it possible? Because you can imagine all you want, but we're not here to live in a fantasy world. It's just um, um, a great goal begins with the impossible. Possibility though is only part of the picture. How do we make that into a purpose? So possibility equals what you imagine you can achieve plus what you're willing to opt into. Now this is the key. You can imagine all you want. Most of us do. Most of us have ideas that we write them off when we're young because of the same thing. We're told, I don't, I don't, I I don't, I can't, I won't, I'm bad at, we write it off. But again, the key is to imagine and break those barriers. Now you have to opt in to finding out what that looks like. How do you do it? Now that you've imagined that's possible, now that it's become possible, because you have a vision and you have the will to get there, you gotta break that down into practical steps. You have to break that, label that as your North Star goal. That is your ultimate direction you're going. And break it down into rational steps to get there. And follow those steps one by one. There's two ways that I think people create a, a purpose. I think number one is they find, a, uh, they find something that's broken. They find a problem. They identify a problem. And then they figure out what's the solution for that problem. So the problem with that, solving a problem, solution... Sol- solving, problem, solution, I think of have a better name for it, um, is, to, is that uh, when you're solving a problem, another problem can arise with your solution. Your solution might not be perfect. You're solving one, only, only one element of what's really a bigger, a bigger problem. A problem is an indicator of a void that exists. If you solve the void, you solve that problem and many other problems as well. When we're living our life, we're trying to solve the voids. Steve Jobs, found, um, who, founded, uh, uh, who created the iPod, solved one of the biggest voids. I guess he solved a problem with the iPod. People wanted to use music. The uh, CD player was too huge, so he invented an iPod that had two gigabytes of storage. Whoa! Whoa. That was like a, a thousand songs for like the nice one. That was, that was a big deal. So what he did was he found a, he found a problem and solved it but then he realized that there's still another problem. There's still these, now they have to carry an iPod and a cell phone, and that cell phone is pretty much garbage because you can barely send a text message at that point in time. And he's like, we gotta do something more. So he realized we can combine it because there's a void that exists that um, we can combine all these things. It's not just a problem, but it's a void because he saw that having an iPhone opened apps. the, The word app didn't even exist at the time. He's like, we can have games on this, we can have email, you can have one device for all your needs. It's not solving a problem, he's solving a void. He's filling a void that we didn't even know we had. Now, the iPhone is the most popular item or the popular product probably that's purchased almost every single year. I don't know if that's true, you can verify that fact. It's definitely a a highest selling product, yeah? You have the facts? Oh. All right, so I'll just wrap it up. Find the void. Find a void that you care about. And this is only part of the story. Connect your, it should be driven by your passion. What do you love doing? Then, see what a void exists along the lines of what you love doing, and then your process is connecting the dots. It's the prism of an adventure. Passion connected to the purpose, and the process to get there is the way we constantly should be spending our lives. And one more thing, attach yourself to the void, attach yourself to the void and the solution, or the void not the solution. Attach yourself to the void, not the solution. Because the solution could be wrong. You might be wrong. It doesn't mean that your ultimate purpose is wrong. Don't give up on that North Star. That's right, the North Star is where you should be going. That's your direction. But your solution might be wrong and therefore you have to constantly pivot. There's so much more to say about that but that is not the topic I wanted to cover today. It's just very important to know. Be ready to pivot and attach to the solution. Love that North Star, guide, use it as your guide. When things get repetitive, It gets really hard to stay motivated, no matter how clear you are on that void, no matter how clear you are on your purpose. Even if you're doing the right thing to get to that purpose, you're like, you found the dream job. You have a great family, you're living the best life, and still that becomes mundane. Because everything becomes mundane eventually. So how do you stay motivated? How do you see that exciting as an exciting journey? So I want to ask everybody a question. What What is an adventure? How do you define adventure? Something not at home. All right, all right, that's fair. This is definitely an adventure, yeah. What makes this an adventure, yeah? I like that, I like that creative side. I would say creative state of mind is part of it. Where the outcome is uncertain. I like that one. When your outlook creates an exciting environment for a situation. Yeah, that's awesome. What is that outlook though, why? Out of your comfort zone? Yeah, I think all these are great components. So I decided to uh, define adventure, and we can work on this if you want, but uh, the pursuit of discovering the unknown. So finding out what you don't know, really simply. Finding out what you don't yet know. I think that encompasses a lot of the ideas that you guys just threw out there. and. That's what happens every single day from the moment you wake up until the minute you go to sleep. We live life thinking that it's so predictable, that we know what's going to happen that day because we live life thinking rationally, as we just said at the beginning. We live life thinking that we know and can predict what's about to happen. However, we really don't. We really don't know what's about to happen. It's important to have routines, but things happen all the time. Being ready and being aware that as things happen that you weren't prepared for, that's the void. That's where, you, that's where the experience lies. That's where the adventure is. You're constantly acquiring information that you didn't know about before. So like, life will get mundane, but always see it as an opportunity to learn and acquire new information. What's my purpose and how did I find it? Thank you for asking. I studied hospitality at University of Central Florida and... Uh, Again, I went to Disney all the time. I thought the best, the most perfect vacation in life was when you go on a cruise ship, or you have a cruise ship on land, like an all-inclusive resort, and all of your needs are taken care of for you, you know? How lovely does that sound? You're under the palm tree, you're sipping a pina colada, on the beach, perfect day. Let's say it's like 80 degrees, beautiful sun. There's no jellyfish in the water. And you're just chilling. That's like, I used to think that was the perfect vacation. And I wanted to create that experience in different ways to have that experience. Um, I also thought Disney was great because, you know, you go there and there's amazing rides. Then I got older and I, I studied abroad in Austria. And I realized that there's a whole other reason that people are traveling. And I realized that that reason is to discover new things, to see new places, to see the history and see the sights. Also, um, just to see a different part of the world. And I was like, that's, that's cool. Why would they want to be tired on, an, on a vacation? I couldn't even understand it. Then I moved to Vail, Colorado, uh, which is a, a ski town, a big ski town in Colorado. And I saw that people are there like breaking their knees. So let me tell you a story. This is the story that changed everything for me in terms of my purpose. When I was at Disney, if, if you break a finger at Disney, what do you do? You go to the doctor, yeah, that's true. You go to the doctor, but then what? When do you get the lawyers involved? What are you doing with... Sue you sue them. You sue Disney for like $2 million. You ruined my vacation. Is like the worst thing you could tell to a front desk agent. I was a front desk agent in Ville. I, I know this. It's like, I'm sorry. It was an accident. Like, I'm sorry your bed wasn't made at 10 o'clock in the morning when you asked for it at 9.30. <laughs> anyway... When I got to Vail, we had a guest. And this guest actually lived in the World Trade Center. His address was World Trade One World Trade Center. His name was Hank. And um, he was there with his buddies. He walked into the hotel. And he's, uh, he's checking in. he said, hey, man, what's up? I just want to let you know, like one of us gets hurt every year. Last year it was Dave over here. It was a gnarly accident. And I'm like, OK. He's like a middle-aged guy. Maybe let's, I don't know, middle-aged. And he's like, he seemed a little old to be like, that rough and wild. So every day he would walk by the front desk and he would hold up five fingers and be like, still doing well, man. <laughs> All right, nice. I don't know if he said man, you know, he worked in the, he lived in the World Trade Center, so I might be combining uh, different attitudes. That's a snowboard <laughs> attitude. This guy's a skier, for sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stop with that accent. Anyway, on the last day, Jake walks up to the front desk and he's like, we lost, da- <laughs> we lost Hank today. What do you mean lost Hank? I'm like, This year was Hank. He uh, he tried doing a jump that we hadn't done in 20 years, but we're like, hey, go for it. So Hank went for it. Hank sent this jump. Let's say I don't even know what it was. I, know, I actually do know the jump. It was like a little five-foot cliff. It's definitely too big for, it wasn't, it wasn't tiny. So he hit the jump, got hurt, tore his ACL. He rolls in on his wheelchair later that day, and he was like, Looks like it was me this year. I'll be back for surgery in a month. I'm like, you're smiling? Are you going to sue Vale? And he's like, no, I'm not going to sue Vale. It was my fault. I did this to myself. He came back, sure enough, a month later, and he's stayed with us for a whole month long at the hotel. And, uh... Every day, he'd come by the front desk with a big smile on his face and be like, my friends in New York, suckers, they have to work. I get to do my work here. I'm recovering from a surgery in Vail, Colorado, eating my favorite food, whatever I want, Mountain Standard, I don't know, there's some good restaurants there. <laughs> and uh, so there he is recovering. I'm like, amazed by this guy. How is he not upset suing, Disney, su- suing Vail? You can't sue Vail though, it's his fault. A year later, they came back again, the same group, same hotel, same time of year and Hank is walking around, he's like, hey, got new skis, got new boots. The first day, he hit that jump. The first day, he hit that same jump and he landed it this year. And he didn't care if he hurt himself, he would have done the same thing again. What I realized though, is that he was on an adventure. He had the adventure mindset. He was there to push himself to his physical limits and, to, and even mental limits because it's hard to push a jump. So I realized, we got to get that attitude. That's the dream vacation. Because on the other vacation, when you go home, your life is just as bad as when you left it. When you go home, if something goes wrong on your vacation, it's ruined. And you go home and you start working for the next 50 weeks so you could have another two-week vacation that's you know, hopefully mesmerizing. But him, he's living every day like that. He's going on his vacation and pushing himself to, his lim- to the limits. So I realized I got to create the adventure mindset i got to get it out there because people will have so much more fun in their life living an adventure, seeing their life in every day as a series of those meaningful moments of adventure, of discovering his, your limits physical, physically, mentally, spiritually and emotionally. and uh, one that, An adventure that does all four of those is the ultimate adventure. That's my purpose. I want to create that. I want to get that adventure mindset out, out there and help people see what's possible in their lives and I want to help people live Um, live that purpose. Yeah, live their adventures and see their life as a series of adventures. Here we go. To help people live the adventure of their lifetime. How's that for a purpose? That's how I came to it. It started with imagination. What can we do to solve that problem? I put together a lot of concepts and I think uh, I have a system that's still in the making that hopefully can help a lot of people see their life as, as an adventure. I think it's all the time. I think everything can be seen as an adventure, as a pursuit of like finding out. I'm not saying like when you wake up in the morning, like, oh man, I'm gonna see this morning routine is gonna be an adventure. Let's see if I make it to the bathroom right now. Let's see what I can learn from going to the, you know, making it to Minion. (laughs) Davenings this morning, wild adventure. That's not what I mean. However, I do mean that we're always doing something in which we're growing. And if you're not, you're not having a clear enough purpose and therefore you have, to, you have to have that purpose so that you're always working towards it. Then you're living life, not like a jellyfish who just follows the current, as I said earlier about jellyfish having no no purpose. I really don't think that they have a, they might have a purpose, but if any animal doesn't have a purpose, it's a jellyfish, okay? I'm sorry, I just think they're the worst. And uh, they're really beautiful. They are ornaments of the sea. <laughs> the point is, we don't, wanna, we don't wanna be jellyfish. We need to have a purpose. We need to know where we're going. We don't just follow the current. And a lot of people don't have that purpose. And that's why I'm here to tell you to use your imagination and get off your... Uh I was gonna say tuchus, say tuchus, and start going somewhere. Then every day has that purpose. It's not always exciting. Most of the time, life is mundane. And you're defined by the average moments of your life, not by the, the peaks. Every day, it's a grind. Yeah, what makes something hard? When you're challenged, yeah. So I, I would say, and it's something that I'm still looking into, yeah, sad, but the things are like, I think that time is a factor of heart. I think time is the main factor of heart. Time is the currency of an adventure. So if you have all the time in the world and all the resources in the world, you can hike Mount Everest. Yeah, I, yeah let's say you have the resources it would be pretty hard actually, that one, because you have to be physically in shape. So there's a lot of factors that make something hard. Okay, fine. But time is a, uh, all right, so let's let's pivot then. There's a lot of things that make it hard. I like that. I really don't, I do believe though, a lot of the things we make harder for ourselves though, because if you're venturing off to hike Mount Everest, you're probably, you've probably done the training. But if you say, I want to do it all in a week or, or I don't know what's quick for Everest. But in the end of the day though, the challenges are the opportunity. Those are what make your um, your adventure so great. The opportunities are the moments are the challenges are the moments on your adventure that push yourself to see beyond your familiar comfort zone. Therefore like of course they break your your expectations. These are moments beyond your expectations. Therefore you have to be able to pivot. That's hard, but that is where the growth is. So when something is hard, like standing on stage and talking to you guys and I'm nervous, go for it. Send it. Let's find out. Let's find out what I don't know. Let's find out what I can learn from this and let me just acquire as much information so I'll do better next time and I'll do as well as I can throughout the process. That's that's what hard looks like when you put it into a concept. The challenges are the opportunities. Those are the voids in which you can discover. Again, the North Star never changes. The North Star is always there. When you've identified your purpose, like I want to help people experience the best vacation possible or the best experience or live their life, live their purpose. As I said, like live the adventure of their lifetime. That's my purpose. When what I'm doing isn't working and I realize that there's probably a better way, I have to look for that better way. But we don't live our life looking for the better ways once we're committed. It's once... So it's about the climb. It's about the climb, of course it's about the climb. It's definitely, is that Hannah Montana? It is. It's about the climb. I think that's the key. It is about the climb. It's about the journey. And it's not easy. But eventually, sometimes what we're doing is doesn't work, or you find out someone else is already at the top of the mountain doing the exact same thing you thought you were going to add to the world. At that point, what are you continuing for? You know, un- unle- unless, if they're doing it better. It does, the goal is that that void is filled, not that you're the one who fills that void. This is a, actually a huge concept, because we want it to be us. I want to be the one who gr- brings this adventure mindset to the world, for example, since I said that's my purpose. I do, but if someone else does it already better than I could do it and they fill this void and all of a sudden the whole world is adventuring through life and seeing their purpose and living their purposes, then I don't need to do that. I need to find something else. I can live my way, I can live that way. Um, Then we pivot, then even our purpose changes. Then I just join, yeah, like that void has been filled. Therefore, that purpose is irrelevant. So I need to find a different purpose. A bigger purpose is like, I also want to raise a family and all those other things, that's a different purpose than the professional purpose, which I was talking about. Uh, So multiple North Stars, yeah, in different different facets of life, right? The truth is your passion's still gonna exist for something. You gotta follow that passion, that's your fuel. The passion's the fuel to get you to that purpose. But if that purpose is an irrelevant destination, don't go there, pivot. When people go to Disney World, there's so many reasons why someone goes to Disney World, and I don't hate Disney, I actually love Disney World. I like uh, Islands of Adventure more, I'm a little biased, but okay, yeah, got is great though. <laughs> I, I, let's go with cruises, because I think that's the ultimate vacation for like, the ultimate vacation package, who's been on a cruise? Okay, good amount of yes. Okay, so cruise is like all inclusive, all you can eat. You get on the cruise and immediately you go to the bar, then you go to gamble, then you go to like all the activities that they have, and it's a lot of fun, but you don't you don't grow anything. Just to clarify, an adventure is not only uh, like skydiving or uh, hiking the whole Pacific Crest Trail or doing something so ex- extreme. It's not in about it's not about doing something that's extreme. It's about getting up here and finding out, pushing your comfort zone, pushing what you don't know, and finding out. For example, raising a family, it's probably the ultimate adventure. Raising kids, uh, doing a project for work, these are all adventures also. Going to college, it's a full adventure. Each year is an adventure. Sometimes each semester is an adventure. All right, everybody, thank you so much. I really appreciate the support. I had so much fun up here, thank you. Thanks for watching the Fishing Coach Show. If you like what you just watched, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment with any ideas you'd like to see on any future episodes. We'll see you next time.